Yo, what's going on, everybody? Tavares here again with another episode. I think we're on 90, 91. We're around there somewhere. We're making some progress. God has been faithful. I uh, just so want to thank you guys for checking out the podcast one more week. Happy Thursday. Um, I'm going to ask you guys this every week until the rapture. Um, continue sharing this podcast. You never know who the episode is going to help. Um, I know a lot of people, they want to check out the episodes that, uh, you know, apply to them, but you never know. Maybe your youth group or someone at your church can grow from it. And I'm hoping today's episode can help um, you just the same. And some things that's been weighing heavy on my heart, but I'm dropping them with the Patreon crew early, but we're also adding a new subscription service to the podcast for exclusive content. That's not going to be regular episodes because I don't like getting into controversial topics when I'm not able to dialogue with you all, or when it's people that are, you know, obviously immature, they can't take it. And it's been a lot of things going on in my mind. So if you want to consider joining the family, go ahead and click the subscription button. That'll be in the bio or join Patreon. They're all going to get it, whether you're on Facebook or whatever. But yeah, let's dive into today's episode. So I want to talk about how unrealistic people are today in their pursuit of marriage. And I know the topic says everybody wants a Boaz until, you know, but I don't want this um, to, to my fellas out there for you to think. I'm not talking about you guys as well. I'm also talking about the men. We always claim we want godly women until, you know, X, Y, Z. But but ladies, I want to, you know, address something because I see it a lot of time. I believe in today's generation, you know, we tend to idolize certain people you know, especially in the Bible, you know, and then we start praying that God would do the same thing in our lives. You know, we have the Paul, we want God to, you know, use us the same way he used Paul. We want, you know, we want to preach the gospel. We want to be a missionary or something, you know, but we never take into account the amount of stress that Paul endured. The fact that he wrote um, some letters, <laughs> Philippians from prison, you know, the hardship, the shipwrecks, the hatred that came along with his ministry, Nah, but we simply just pray, God, um, use me like I use Paul, not understanding what Paul endured um, or not understanding the lifestyle he had to live in order to be there. Um, and we talk about people like David, you know, the Bible, that's the only man in the Bible that they consider the man after God's own heart. And I'm not saying no one else will ever be that, but that was a, a name that God has given to this dude. You know, so we understand that a lot of people want to be a friend of God and we want to being close proximity with them and all those things. And all of that is admirable. There's nothing, I'm not opposed to any of that, but we want to be called a man after God's own heart, but we don't understand that David was literally a man that his leader was trying to kill him. Saul wanted David dead. His family overlooked him. His his own son tried to betray him. You know, so it's so many things that go along um, with the things that we pray for and we don't even realize it. Um, you know, when we look at people on social media and you see that cute relationship and you're just like, man, I want to love just like that. Man, I want to get married just like that. Man, I love what Golly Dan is doing. I love what my pastor is doing. I love what blah, blah, blah. The list goes on. And we see all of the things we want God to do in our life, but we don't see what people had to endure behind the scenes. We don't see the real picture. We just see the little cute photos and we don't realize the abuse some people are going through. We don't realize um, the things that were working against them before they got to that point. You know, so today I want to talk about the story of Ruth and Boaz. Not too much. I'm not going to go into great detail. Um, I want you guys to study out, you know, some of the things I'm going to mention, pray about it. 
and realize it for yourself. Because I think a lot of people, we read the book of Ruth, read the book of Ruth, and we genuinely don't understand what we're reading. <laughs> you know, so I want to point out some key things that you may have missed in regards to their love story. So if you're a lady out there, or even if you're one of the fellas and you're over here praying, God, where's my roof? Where's my Boaz? You have to understand there are some things that come along with that other than God just wants me to get married. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a much bigger prayer than that. So the first thing I want to mention is that everyone wants a Boaz until that means they may experience heartache. You know, and I know when people talk about Boaz, a lot of people, they don't really mention the heartache that roof endured. They're just praying, man, God, send me a godly husband. God, send me a godly wife. You know, people are just focused on the blessing, not necessarily understanding that Ruth wasn't in a great place in life when she met him. You know, it's so easy for us to get caught up in the fact that we want to experience something great, but we don't want to endure the, the problems that come along with it. There's always a process before we can receive the promises that God has for us. His preparation period sometimes can feel like the most painful thing, but it's always for our benefit. You know, at times we, we, we don't see what God is doing, but we have to trust that what we trust inside God's word and we trust in what Jesus is doing in our lives, that he's going to work everything out for our good. If, if we love God and we are called according to his purpose, as in Romans 8, 28, not fly 828, because I know y'all watching manifest out there. Um, but if we trust in God's plan, then he'll work it all out for our good. But a lot of times I hear ladies saying, man, God, where's my Boaz? You know what I mean? And then they don't understand that Ruth was a widow. So Ruth is a widowed woman, meaning she had love. She experienced love. And then in the midst of that, her husband dies while she was young. So she experienced a devastating heartbreak. You know, I, I don't want to say Ruth was 21. I, I don't have proof. Um, studies um, showed that she was a younger woman, but I don't know the exact date. Me and Ruth ain't go to school together. But, you know, it's the fact that Ruth had it going on and then her husband Elimelech died. And then, you know, so we see women are praying. I want to Boaz, but you don't understand that Ruth was a widow. You're not, you're not obviously praying, God, I want a husband that's going to die and then send me the real love of my life. I know that's not what you're saying, but at the end of the day, when we keep on fantasizing over a Boaz, we have to understand the context of this thing. Stop just naming names in the Bible. God, do that in my life. And you don't really understand, you know, what is happening. You know, when we see this story, Ruth was not looking for a husband. You know, if we look in Romans, not Romans, but sorry, Ruth chapter one, I'm reading the NLT, but verse 16 says, but Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. And that was Ruth speaking to Naomi, her mother-in-law, obviously, um, you know, in regards to Naomi telling them, now nah, just go away. You know, I can't I can't give you guys any more husbands for you guys to have kids. So I'm sorry, you know, just go back to serve your people. And she's like, no, don't tell me to do that. You know, we see that at this point, a lot of women, a lot of people misinterpret the story or they preach or teach it as though Ruth went out of her way to find Boaz. It wasn't that, you know, because her, her she was not looking for a husband. She was really just following Naomi, you know, so she was following her mother-in-law saying, I'm going to worship and I'm going to serve wherever you go. I'm going to be there. You know, she was legit ready to move on with her life. You know, and I think many of us, we need to understand that. God, I'm not saying God wants you to move on with your life, 
But a lot of times we we prevent what God wants to do in our life because we are putting God on our timeline. We're telling God, man, God, I don't seen everybody done get married. I'm tired of being a groomsman, a bridesmaid, all these things. And I ain't the groom and I ain't the bride. I'm sick of it. So God, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need that spouse. And that's not what was happening here with Ruth. She was not looking for a husband. She literally just endured heartache. You know, she's ready to move on. And we see, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I believe that God isn't going to bless some of us until we stop idolizing marriage. You know, I believe that many of us are idolizing marriage above him. And that's the reason why a lot of people are not married or a lot of people are married and their walk with God is not consistent because they placed a person above God. They placed the creature above the creator. And I believe God has a problem with that. You know, we cannot get to the point whereas we, you know, I, I want you to understand marriage is great, but don't get to the point where you think that's all marriage is, you know, that, that all life is, is just about getting married. Because marriage is great and sex within marriage is great. You know, don't think I'm opposed to any of these things. Um, I want you to desire those things. Those are godly. Those are biblical. But when we choose those things above Jesus, in the end, they will always cause, cause harm to us. Whenever we create idols, those idols in return will destroy us because they're not God. They're incapable of being God. So they're always capable of failing us. They're always capable of harming us. So Ruth's main focus was not getting a man who was following what God's plan was for her. And she knew that God wanted her connected to this woman. So she stayed, you know, and I'm not saying, man, the, the point of this podcast is for you guys to go away and not desire marriage. No, but if you're only praying because you want a spouse, please understand that you are completely missing the point of prayer. Studying the word of God is not so I can find out what I could get from him. But we are supposed to be aiming to be close to Jesus, to be more like him, to be made in his image for him to conform us into his word, into his will. So we could be more like him. That is what God wants us. Um, wants us. But too many of us, we we have too much control on the situation. We don't allow God to be God. And I believe that's something God is trying to get us to calm down on. You know, so when we look at Adam Adam is naming, God created Adam and he's naming the, the animals and God places Adam to take care of the garden. And at no point did Adam look to God and say, God, I need a spouse, you know, and, and, and bear in mind, obviously he didn't know what it was yet, but it was God who said it isn't good for him to be alone. So God sees the loneliness. God sees the isolation and he's not, he's not in favor of us being isolated, not just with marriage, but isolated from friends and from community in general. God, it wasn't God's will for, for that to be the case, you know, and I'm, I want you to understand God probably desires for you to get married, you know, being a godly marriage more than you desire it. So don't feel as though God is ignoring your prayers. He desires it for you. We just have to learn to trust his timing because when we look in Genesis, um, Genesis chapter two, verse 21, it says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took one, took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. And that shows me, and maybe you may think I'm being too deep, but that shows me that God, God was able to create at any point, however you want to do it. But he made Adam sleep. He made Adam sit still. He did not allow Adam to, to manipulate the process because a lot of blessings don't come from God until we step back and trust him until we lay it completely in his hands and we don't allow ourselves to become our own God. We don't allow our preference to become our God. We don't allow our desires to become our God. But when God can get you to rest, 
when he can get you to trust in his will rather than forcing yours, I believe that's when God is able to reveal who your spouse is or allow the relationship to flourish. Because a lot of times it's our our unhealthy desires or us forcing relationships that allows things not to work out the way we would intend. So we have to understand that God does desire great things for you, but you have to allow yourself to rest in him to allow him to create that for you. You know, and I just want to encourage anybody out there that may be divorced or, you know, you may be a widow, you may have just got dumped, whatever the situation that you may be in, you can have, you can find godly love after you've experienced pain. So a lot of people, they want to, they want a roof's blessing, but they don't want to endure roof's process. You can still get that Boaz or, you know, that godly lady from my fellas after you've endured the heartache, after you've endured the trials, God is still able to bring beauty out of your ashes. Your past doesn't limit what God is able to do on your life. You, have, you just have to be willing to go forward, to look forward. The goal would be pressing towards being closer to Jesus rather than what the opinions of this world may be. And for those struggling with not knowing how that process will be, I'm here to suggest BetterHelp to you all. <laughs> BetterHelp is a resource that will help you guys, you know, because they know that we all know that Christians, we don't always prioritize things other than spiritual health, but our emotional and our mental health are just as important. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, um, especially for those of you, like I mentioned, who are going through breakups and all those issues and you don't know how to address it they can assist you guys in talking about this situation um, they, and speaking with you throughout, you know, help you recover your situation to help you connect in a safe and it'll be a private online environment. You don't have to worry about COVID. Um, your counselor can be contacted at any time. You can set up a phone or a video call as you may desire. Also, you can set up, you know, calls for whatever situation may be, like if it's depression, stress, anxiety, you know, whatever type of trauma, BetterHelp is there to assist you. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you're feeling burdened down, I want you to enjoy a more blessed and stress-free life. As one of our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by listen, by visiting betterhelp.com godly. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash godly. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another thing people don't understand, I believe that everyone wants a Boaz until they see that Ruth was actually a woman of character. I think a lot of times we we place so much emphasis on the Boaz, but we forget about our character that's needed. A lot of ladies are waiting for the godly man without living a godly life. A lot of men are praying for a godly woman and he's as carnal and lukewarm as they come. A lot of times we place so much emphasis on what God is supposed to do through the other person that we forget to take inventory on where we are at. Am I close to God? Am I at the foot of Jesus Christ? Is my character the reason why I'm single? Because you can say God is preparing someone for me, but in reality, it's your bad attitude that God that God is trying to put somebody in your path and you keep running them off. That, that's, listen, that ain't even in my notes. I, I don't know who it is 
with a bad attitude that, you know, God is trying to tell you, you need to repent because if you continue holding on to these bad characteristics, how is God going to bless you? You're going to immediately run off the person that he's trying to place in your life. You know, but when we see Rome, um, Ruth chapter three, verse 11, it says, now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. This is Boaz speaking to her. He says, I will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. So we see here that everybody could speak highly of the character of this woman. Everybody in her church knows she's faithful. Everybody on her job knows she's not clocking in late and clocking out early. She she only gets a 30 minute lunch and she's been eating for an hour. Bruh only gets a 15 minute break and he's been in his car asleep for two hours. Listen, people need to be able to speak of your character. Stop asking for Boaz and say, God, work on me. Because when you allow God to work on you, God is able to present any blessing to you and he knows we're able to properly steward it. Because why would God trust his daughter, his son in my life and he knows I'm going to spiritually shipwreck them? I'm going to lead them astray, you know, things like that, you know? And have you ever noticed, and obviously I'm not trying to pick on the ladies, but have you ever noticed um, that many ladies who post about Proverbs 31, excuse me, or they have that in their bio, it's like they seem to have never read the rest of Proverbs. Like there's a lot of women I've seen that aren't saved. I'm not, I'm not even talking about my ladies in church either. I'm talking about ladies that aren't even saved yet, but they have Proverbs 31 in their bio because they know it sounds deep, you know, but attending church services isn't enough. That doesn't make you a Proverbs 31 woman. Um, being beautiful isn't enough to be considered a godly woman. God wants our hearts. You know what I mean? God is not focused on how great you look on the outside. He's saying man is looking on the outside, but I'm seeing what's inside the heart. God sees all the trash in our heart that we need to work on. And then imagine these brothers out here talking about, you know, I'm an I'm a Ephesians 5 man, but they don't even know where Ephesians 5 is located in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Genesis, Exodus, Psalms, uh, Revelation, Ephesians. Yeah, Ephesians. Like, bro, you ain't read the scriptures in about six months. Are you talking about you Ephesians 5, man? You know what I mean? I think it's a problem like when we when we just try to embrace what the scriptures say without actually allowing it to transform us. So it's cool to quote it. But do we have that character that Ruth had? Because Ruth is able to, you know, be spoken of as a woman throughout her entire community, as someone to emulate, someone to admire. And it wasn't just because she was beautiful. She had good, hardworking character. You know, we... We don't, we don't, a lot of times people don't pay attention to the fact that Ruth was a woman in submission to some spiritual leadership. A lot of us, man, I'm telling you, like today's generation, it's like we run from accountability. You know what I'm saying? If somebody corrects you, all of a sudden that person hates you. You know, we see that with the, the LGB, the alphabet community. We see that with their agenda in the internet. If I don't affirm your actions, that mean I hate you. I don't hate you. I just don't believe in what you're doing. And then now, because I didn't wear a pride t-shirt at work, now y'all thinking I need to go speak to HR. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of times people, you know, we don't like listening to people that correct us. We don't like listening to people that will rebuke us. But man, I'm thankful for the people in my corner that are, that are able to lift me up and they're telling me, they're praying for me and ah, oh, God is using you. I'm thankful for those people, but I'm even more thankful when they see me being a trash human being, when they see me being a lukewarm and when they see me below my potential and they're willing to correct me, they're willing to restore me. You know what I mean? And we need those people. 
Ruth was a woman who submitted to her mom. Like I told you guys in that verse before um, earlier, she said, don't don't tell me to leave you. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. She was willing to follow her leadership. You know, she's willing to serve God, the God of Naomi. And that's what led her to Boaz. A lot of times we try to ignore spiritual counsel. We, we ignore our pastor. We ignore our brothers and sisters who love God because they're not telling us what we want to hear. But in reality, those are the people that help you reach your Boaz. Those are the help people to help prepare you for that Boaz. You know, and many of us, like, I don't want to say us. I'm not going to include myself on this one. <laughs> I'm joking. But many of us, man, to be honest, a lot of times our pastor says something that gets on our nerves and we tune them out. Like, let's be honest. I've tuned out my pastor so many times. I wanted to change church because bro got on my nerves. You know what I mean? It's so easy for us to be sensitive and then to simply turn away from what God wants to do in our life because of our emotions. But Ruth was blessed because she stayed when it was convenient to leave. And that is the type of character we need as believers that'll stay when it's convenient to leave, not just rush off into, into whatever the world is doing. You know, everybody wants to be, you know, pray and ask God for Boaz, but will you be able to serve God when it's not convenient? Will you be able to keep that character when you when everybody else in the world is changing. Another point I want to mention to you guys is, is the fact that this, she positioned herself in a, in a place to be noticed, you know, and she took her chance, you know, like ladies, I'm not saying go out there and start flirting, you know, go start shooting your shot with everybody. But I, I am saying she allowed herself to be noticed and she did take a step in that process. And a lot of times ladies are just waiting on the men, but I'm just saying, you know, he that find a wife finds a good thing. I believe the scripture, but I do want ladies to understand you pretending you're not interested is not allowing a man to find you. That's not, that is not preserving you. That is you just being difficult. I, I wish I could hear the feedback or see somebody looking on y'all faces because I know somebody rolled their eyes at me. Um, but we see that Ruth, excuse me, we see that Ruth was working in Boaz's field. So she's a hard worker. She's out in the field. She made herself visible. He can see all the people working out in his field. You know, and there was a point where she positioned herself at the foot of where Boaz slept. This is obviously the plan that Naomi gave her. And thankfully it worked, you know, but please understand, I'm not telling none of y'all to, to, to try this. I am not endorsing anybody sleeping together, sleeping at the foot of anybody's bed. I did not tell none of y'all to go Netflix and chill. So please don't Please don't go sitting and tell, say Tavares told you nothing because Tavares ain't standing on judgment day with you. But we see that Boaz was shocked and he didn't even realize that she was there, you know, until he woke up. And obviously he was attracted. But I believe that this is a point where it showed him her interest as well, because he was not obligated to marry this woman. You know, this could have legit gotten her killed. You cannot play with, you know, royalty like this and kings like this and being at the, head, the foot of someone's bed. Like she could have got herself killed for, for doing something like that. You know, and it shows me that a lot of times, especially our ladies, because I know men, they know they should pursue. And I need to teach brothers about that because some of these brothers, I don't know what y'all be doing. But, <laughs> you know, a lot of you ladies, you have to understand that some of you aren't making yourself visible. You're praying, but you're not visible. You know, you're asking God to do something and you, you want him to work a miracle because like God can bless you if you're an introvert. I'm not saying he can't, but you can't shield yourself from people and then pray for God's will. You know, and some of you, uh, y'all ain't going to get married till y'all unlock your profile. <laughs> it's always weird to me when someone tells me not unlock my profile because it's creeps out there and I understand that. But then they tell me how they're on Tinder. 
um, Bumble and all these other apps. And I don't know all the names, but they're 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 locking their pages. Like, how are people even seeing you? Like, you don't go to church, you know, get plugged in at your church, attend service, help serve. Go to events that the singles are at. Stop saying that you're home praying and go be visible, man. Go hit up Target. The person that, that you see picking up a pillow next time at Target, go say hi. I don't know. Invite them to church. Whatever. Make yourself visible. Stop pretending that God is supposed to work some miracle when in reality, it's just your fear talking. And I'm not saying, ladies, go be thirsty or go pursue men. But I mean, if you don't genuinely show interest or place yourself in a position to be noticed, you're not being very realistic. Um, another thing I noticed, a lot of people, they'll pray for a Boaz, but a lot of people don't understand that that Ruth was not the first, that Boaz wasn't even the first option. And a lot of people, their minds are made up on who they're going to marry. And if it's not that person, if it's not you, then it's no one. You know, we have mindsets like that. But because of everything that, you know, she did, Boaz, I definitely believe was ready to marry her, but he wasn't the nearest relative meaning he wasn't even the person that she was supposed to marry. You know, it was someone else. So he had to go get permission from the next man. You know, the next man was, um, you know, he went to the next kinsman redeemer. And he's like, do you want to redeem the land? You know, you're the next person in line to get this. And the guy said, yes. And Boaz was like, yeah, but if you get that, you also have to go redeem Elimelech's wife. She's a widow. So they could keep on the family's name so he could have kids. And the guy's like, nah, man, I wanted the land, but I'm not marrying this woman. You know, so... Ruth was not the guy's first choice. I know a lot of you, you feel as though sometimes when you're rejected, uh, now I ain't about to be nobody's backup plan. Listen, I, I'm not saying go, go, go be a rebound or any of those things. I'm just saying in this specific scenario, she was not the first choice. The person that should have married her rejected her. And that is why we must understand that it is okay when people reject you. Because when people reject you, it aligns you with the will of God. It forces you to not run after a rejection. Many times we think because we got rejected that, man, no one loves me. I have no worth and all of these things. But that's but when you get rejected, that's exactly why God is able to use you because you're not going after protocol. You're not going after your plan, your preference, your this, your that. But you're allowing God to write the story. And a lot of us, we don't allow God to write the story. And I believe it's important that we put we put God in charge and we don't necessarily get, get discouraged when someone else isn't interested in us. If someone's not interested in you, that's fine. God's will, whoever God, God desires for you to be with, is going to be interested in you. You don't need everyone to like you. Please understand that. And another thing I feel like people probably don't know, but Boaz is old. One of the stories I read said Boaz could have been possibly 40 years older than this woman. Like it's, it's, it's possible that Boaz was an older guy. And I know some ladies, they ain't about to date a man that's five foot four, you know? So you praying for a Boaz and God looking like, listen here, girl, you so difficult. <laughs> like, man, you over here praying for a Ruth, you know what I mean? And the guy's like, it's sometimes it's our preference that that's blocking us. I tell you guys this all the time on the podcast. Like, yes, my wife is beautiful, but my type, my quote unquote type, that wasn't, that wasn't her. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times we lock God in a box and it's like, God, if you don't give me this, then it don't matter what she looked like. She ain't your will. And God is looking like, oh, you're so carnal. You know what I mean? You know, and I believe one reason um, why Naomi was discouraged, you know, discouraging the other girls is because she was saying, you know, in, in Ruth chapter one, that she wouldn't be able to find them husbands later on. She's like, 
if I even get married today, that's what she says in, in, in group chapter one. If I get married today and I go have kids, what are you going to do? Wait until they're old enough to give you all children? That's what they were saying. You know, so she's asking them like, hey, you guys going to wait on all that? So we see that she's letting them know, hey, if you're worrying about, um, if you're waiting on, on, on the age group or you're waiting on the timing or you're waiting on everything to work out the way it's going to be, then it's not going to work. So don't even bother. And Ruth, we see that it worked out for Ruth because she wasn't listening to people discouraging her. So we have to pay attention to what does God want rather than what everyone else is thinking. You know, I, I'm not saying any of you should date that old creepy guy who's been a youth pastor 20 years and now he wants to date you and it's weird because he was a youth pastor when you were four and now you're 19. Listen, I'm creeped out by that too, but I definitely, <laughs> I don't get into that argument, man. I, I don't, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me back up off that subject before I hurt some hearts, but if you are the youth leader praying on young people, I just want you to know you need to repent because you are in sin and in error. If you are praying on God's children, yeah, I just had to say that. I don't know who that was for. I just felt like somebody needed to get corrected because I'm tired of the nastiness of the church. You know, but when it comes to when we when we pray for God's will, you ever heard the saying, you ever heard that saying that says, be careful what you wish for or be careful what you pray for? And I think it's a lot of times because we don't understand that what we're praying for may not come packaged how we want it. A lot of us are praying for God's will, but really we're praying for our preference on, on you know, immediately. No, God's not giving you your preference. If you want God's will, it may not look the way you desired it. You want God to bless you, it may come wrapped in, a, in opposition. You want God to, to, to do something great in your life, it may come with trials. You want God to bless you with a spouse, he may not be six foot and she may not be thick, bro. But that doesn't mean they aren't God's will. Boaz and Ruth aren't what we should be praying for over our lives. What we should be seeking is what does God desire? And stop focusing on what other people think. And I think that's the problem. Everything is Ruth and Boaz. Boaz and Ruth. Listen, I just want what God wants for me. I don't want what God wants for Boaz. And I don't want what God wants for Ruth. And I hope you feel the same. If you listen to the end of this podcast, be sure to leave five stars. If you're on Apple, consider subscribing. We have some content dropping tonight with the Patreon. We're in the middle of a Galatians um, Bible study. And I want to talk about an important subject tonight. I think we're going to take a break and talk about people leaving the church. Uh, That's something that's heavy on my heart because of all the nonsense you see these celebrities leaving. But yeah, we're going to talk about that with the Patreon gang. Y'all show some love. Join the fam. If you don't like it after a month, who cares? Keep staying. Show some love. Peace.